I'm going to jump right into it. Is that when I think of when I think of you two, I think of of, of dynamic words. I think of and, and I know I asked you guys. We kind of sit over a little questionnaires. You know what what word describes you guys best? But I, I'm going to give you um, my two cents on it. Is what some words that I thought of when I think of the two of you? Tenacity. I think it, it tenacity when when I see the both of you is uh, bravery, uh, ethical, determined, uh, systematic, driven, uh, and then I'm going to take in and put two words together: American dream. Uh, I think that you guys are building, not living, building, uh, in living the American dream. So before we even introduce you, what's the one word I gave you guys this, this, this challenge? What's the one word that describes the two of you the best? Well, uh, for me, it's, it's American dream. For me, it's all to the American dream. That's cool. For you? I think it's tenacity. I think, Carlos, when you look at her, look right at her. Okay? Look at her right now. Look at her. Look at her. Look at me. <laughs> the word boss. Yes. Because <laughs> I've been around her, and, you know, I feel like I work for her when I'm around her for about five minutes. Yeah, she's a great motivator, Uni. So you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves real quick. Um, my name is Uni, and I am from Anaheim. I, I was raised in Anaheim um, all, of my, all of my life till about 10 years ago when we moved out here to Corona. So I'm an Orange County girl. Dude, surf's up, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm Carlos Garcia. I'm from uh, Mexico. And um, I came here like 15 years ago. Um, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I'm from Mexico, too. I, I, my, mom, my parents brought me here when I was little. So right. I started um, kindergarten here. Wow. So wow. I was actually born in Mexico, too. Yeah, it's, you know, but I'll tell you, that's what I think it's great about the two of you is to watch you, you know, come up where you've come from and build your dream. And we're going to get into some really cool stuff. So now um, you see, can you see my shirt? Can you guys see mm -hmm. my shirt? So tell us a little bit about your, your business, you know, where, what your business is and uh, where it's located. And then we're going to jump in and I've got some great questions that are going to lead into that because you guys came into this complete different way, and I can't wait uh, for people to hear your story because I think it's going to motivate a lot of people. You? Okay. Yes. Um, well, when we when Carlos first started, he um, we started renting an El Camino um, truck. Like, <laughs> let, let me go back car. a little bit. Yeah, let I, me go back I, a little bit. I started doing business like at it was my last resource. Okay, everybody uh, pretty much uh, fire me for from other jobs because I am kind of like a slow guy um, for working. So um, I we rent a old El Camino, super beat up, like super bad. All the equi primer. all the equipment was <laughs> from a pan shop, and that's how we started washing cars. We it was hard for us. I know what it is to have ten dollars in your pocket, five dollars in your pocket, and 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 you've been worried about being able to give food to your family. It was a really rough time back then. Do you ever look back at those times though and go, I, I, I look back and I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to go back there. But now I can look back as as I as I've paved in so many help people like you guys have helped pave my road. I look back at those times and I never thought they'd be fond memories, but they were they were, they were such raw times when it was survival. I mean, it was just it was like almost like me against the, the the elements, me against the world. Do you look back at those times and go, "Holy shit! Wow! I don't want to go back there, but we did it." You know, for me, going back when I think about it, it's when I have a problem right now that I think is too hard to fix. I just go back to that times and I'm like, you know, if I did it back then when I was super hard to do it right now, it, it, it should be easier for me. Well, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I agree. Great answer. I, problems that it's because now the problems that we have now are don't compare to what our problems now is like 
call Bob. Bob, where's my order? I need it. You know, now it's it's more of a we need merchandise. Before it was like, do we have enough money to buy soap? Do we have enough money? Let's to feed, you know what to feed we have the family. Do we, do we have enough uh, family money to feed the family? Add water, make it work. Yeah. You know, to buy Christmas presents for the family or stuff like that. That it's hard. It is right. hard. Right. So take me back to day one. So you guys are. Uh, Carlos, you said you're out washing cars. And so take us back through those early days and then transition. How the heck did you go from an El Camino, <laughs> from an El Camino to jumping into the supply side of things? So do that bridge for us. Well, the first, the first thing I, I have to thank my, my mom and my dad. My dad always teach me how, that I need to save money. So even, even if I make a hundred bucks, I always try to save money, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, and we always save money. Mm -hmm. So I start washing cars and thanks to uni, I, I handle a good accounts in, in Orange County, uh, taxi companies and um, what was the other one? The, the one in the hospital. We, we, we wash uh, hospitals, see, Yeah, my ambulance. background is medical billing. So I used to always work in the, in the medical field. Mm -hmm. So whatever I would work in the, you know, for medical companies, then I would say, hey, you guys want to get your car washed? My husband does that. And they're like, yeah, bring him in. So then before you know it, I would make little flyers and pass them around the whole office and he would get accounts like that. So then as I would, you know, say, leave my job and go find a better job, he would already hold on to those accounts. So it was, it's a lot of networking together. Um, I think because before he didn't, you know, he was so nervous and speaking English. Um, but I think it, it was something that we did together. I would talk to the customers and, and then I would tell them, okay, he's, I'm, I'll get the keys for you. And um, so I think it, the key to- It's just, it's just a good team. Artists, we do we're that a good team. team. Yeah. You know, in the, in, in the Saturdays back then, she, she used to be my helper washing cars. Yeah. And, and, and I used to help her in, in the medical building. So we, we yeah. always tried to help so. each other. We worked for, I worked for St. Jude Hospital, um, Fullerton, and I worked in the emergency room. I was, you know, the billing manager there. And um, on the weekends, then we would go and wash the shuttles for the hospital. So I would be in the parking lot washing cars. And I, you know, I think that's one, another thing that I noticed. Um, We're not shy. We are, I'm not shy. <laughs> I don't care. No, really? I would have never guessed that about you. <laughs> yeah, I just don't care what people think. So I know my some of my friends would say, are you embarrassed that somebody will see you washing the hospital shuttle? No, absolutely not. Yeah, you know, I think you just nailed something that I've been big on. Going way back, and it might have been just me and not other detailers, but it's not. I've, I've talked to a lot of, of people is that, you know, I grew up, you know, very humble. Um, not a lot, right? I've said this a hundred million times. And there was a time where detailing, um, I didn't get out of, I, I, I pinned myself down because I was not real proud of what I did. I wasn't ashamed of it, but detailing was looked upon a lot, you know, in movies, uh, TV shows. The detailer, if, if there was a detailer in it, you were the lowest form of humanity. Um, I think that it's really important to just not give to, about what people think about you because yeah. hey they're not going to pay the bills for you they don't feed you <laughs> uh you know what uh there's a lot of blue collar people out there especially now in detailing uh especially now in other service businesses that we've done okay so how did you go from that in the parking lot in an el camino washing cars working saturdays doing billing medical billing together to all of a sudden now you think, hmm, I'm going to start selling products. Well, uh, we moved to uh, Corona. We bought a house in Corona. And I was I was uh, traveling to Orange County to get to, to, to watch my regular uh, customers. And then we realized that there are no shops around here yeah. that sell supplies. That we, we were wrong, though, because it, it was two, two stores and already. Two but we, did, we didn't know. Two very strong. So stores. I talked to her and say, "Hey, you sh we should open a, a tiny store and sell supplies, and I can buy the supplies for me, and it, and it will be, yeah." In paper was fun, but in reality it was it was no. super. 
don't, I don't know if I ever told you guys this. When we were up in Sun Valley, Idaho, uh, I, I kind of got swindled into uh, buying a, a brand, a certain brand, a big brand. I, I bought into them as a, as a minor, uh, what would be our now our storefront. So I bought into it, but it was a lot more money. This was in the, in about 2001, somewhere right in there. And, um, I hated it. Matter of fact, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you that, that, um, I didn't do good at it at the supply side because like you, uh, you guys, nobody was calling on us. Uh, no trucks. What I didn't realize was that they were calling on the dealerships. And then as soon as I hung a shingle out and started advertising on selling products, they got real aggressive and they had all of the relationships built. And I didn't. And I, I sat on $10,000 worth of product for a long time. And uh, it was kind of my exit strategy out. I came in hard and left uh, and left silent. I, I didn't, uh, you know, I used all the products up. But it's a harder game than people imagine. A lot of people want to get into the supply chain. So that first supply chain, um, was that was that kind of one of your first big risky moves that you did? Was was looking at maybe putting a little storefront up? It was it was a risky move, but I think our first uh, risky move was when we changed the person that uh, that sell of the chemicals for us. Mm -hmm. That was uh, I think it was That's what it was, was risky. The, the first year. It was really hard because we reali we realized that um, that we we were in the middle of two two stores, two huge huge stores. manufacturers, and right. they tried to close our store like right away. Even one one of the guys, uh, I'm not gonna say the name, but he went to my shop and he, and he said like to me, you know, enjoy your three months because I'm gonna close your shop in three months. Wow, enjoy yeah. it. So what what you what 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 that make you do? What you guys? What was your response? Well, just fight it. Just keep fighting, man. Just... I'm gonna tell you what I did. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I did. I we made flyers. Well, don't incriminate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we made flyers. We didn't kill nobody. No, we didn't kill anybody. I was so mad. I'm like, not worried about you. I'm worried about her. <laughs> no. He told me because I was I was actually at the hospital when he called me. He said she was know, still working at the hospital. I was still working. And he said, so-and-so came in the shop and told me this. And I said, oh, really? And to me, Rennie, I, I really like the challenge. I like when when people tell us. We like competition. I like competition. I've been competitive all my life, not just in business, but since I was little in sports. I'm competitive now with my kids. They play volleyball. Um, but when he told me that that guy came to our shop, I said, you know, we have the flyers, right, with our address and, our, and everything. And he's like, yeah. I said, I'll be right there. So I told my doctors, hey, you know what? I have something happen. I got to go. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. So, you know, I came home, grabbed a stack of flyers, the box probably, and I started driving around looking for detailers. I just started driving all over Corona. Yeah. I stood outside of that guy's business, and I said, Really? And I'm going to chase your customers. I'm going to, you know, so I started passing flyers and I kept Everywhere. telling the detailers, if you give this flyer to somebody and they give me your name, I'll give you free water for a week. Wow. Boy, I right. chased yeah. them everywhere. They told me, some guy said, you know what? There's this taco place on 6th Street. All the detailers go there during lunch. Okay. I stood there for three hours waiting for every single detailer <laughs> to go buy their tacos or whatever it is they're going to buy. I didn't care. I just wanted them to have our flyer. That's tenacity so. right there, man. That is just drive. That's amazing. I bet that guy now wished he would have shut up and never made that that stop. He, you know? he goes to my shop mm -hmm. like every once and then just to check, and he's 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 still big a big guy in the industry. Yeah. yeah. But he he knows now that I'm gonna be there. Right. He, We're not going anywhere. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. So. Let's talk about uh, now. So you you go into your your how many locations have you had for Uber Detail? Two. Well, two. We closed it. We closed the other one and we moved to where we are now. Right. So you've got that first location that I was at when I first met you guys, um, and then you had an opportunity to really. And Carlos, I remember this discussion with you um, like it was yesterday because it really was. Is that you? Um, 
you had a chance to, to go into a new building that was quite different, but a, a lot more money. Um, oh, yeah. And, and t walk, walk us through that decision-making, because I think that you handled that. You know, I saw you guys doing something that's amazing, you, is you did the reverse math. And Carlos, when you, when, you, when you called me that first day when I first heard about it, and you said, hey, I got this opportunity, you had all your numbers laid out. You know, you said, here's how much more it is. I'm really nervous, but here's what it does. Here's what it's going to take us to pay for it. And I just, you know, here you guys are. First off, you guys have college degrees? Well, I'm, 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 a, I'm to, a lawyer in Mexico. Yeah. I just have my associates. Gotcha. Just your associates. So here's the deal is that you guys took your street degrees. You guys took your life experience and you took good common sense. And, and you rolled those numbers. So talk to us about, because, you know, a lot of people listening right now, we got a lot of great questions coming up by the channel, by, by the way, too. And we'll get, we'll get to you guys is that a lot of people are either looking at expanding, you know, some of them want to get in the supply chain area. Um, and then some people want to expand into bigger shops. So when you took that, you know, when you went, you went from number one location to a much bigger, uh, much more expensive number two location, what were some of the things that you guys were processing? What was it? What I'm sorry, Trini? What were some of the things that you processed? What are some of the things that you thought about? And, and did anything come up that you didn't count on? I mean, usually you spend a lot more money on renovation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. If you're planning on spending 10 grand, you're probably going to spend 20 grand, right? So <laughs> what did you talk about when you went and made that? That was a big advancement. That was a big growth strategy. So what, what things did you discuss during that? Well, me personally, I just uh, follow what you taught me that it was uh, dream, vision, plan, and execute. And Juni and I, we have everything on paper, and, and we know that it was going to be a hard month. The, fir the first one's going to be hard, but uh, it, it was like a, we didn't have an option. That was the reality. We was like, we have to move for, from the other place. Yeah. And they pretty much kick us out. They wouldn't renew our lease because the the people next door to us, which are which is a brewery, um, that at the time or they're still there, they really wanted our shop. And so for, they start they start getting about like, oh, yeah. I don't like your customers too much. Yeah, you had a lot of real problems with them. Yeah, yeah. it uh, and they weren't very nice. They weren't very ethical. Mm -mm. No, no, yeah. it wasn't. If you guys know a brewery that's in uh, <laughs> Rona, we're not going to throw their name out there, but don't go. Don't, yeah. It's Maple. on Maple. Don't go there. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't go there. They, they, they said some pretty awful things. So uh, I wouldn't give my business. So so the challenge comes up. So now let's let's walk our way through. How has it worked out? Is, is It was the best decision ever in our lives. You know what, Randy? When we moved, the building was – I don't know if Carlos told you it was abandoned for about three years. Four, I think. Yeah. Yeah, going on four. And um, when we opened the door, when we went to go look at it, he opened the door. The spider webs were like a nightmare story. They were from the ceiling all the way to the floor, like curtains. They were, it was scary. Like we literally wow. put a little stick we found outside to kind of like push our way through the webs. And Carlos is like, this looks like shit. Yeah, it was the it was the biggest. What are we gonna do? It was the uh, scariest thing in our life. But now, is that we after one year, it was a really good decision. Right. Absolutely. It was risky. It was risky because if everything goes we wrong, got the, we got the keys in January, yeah. January fifteenth to be exact. So we had two weeks to be out of the other building. The entire shop, water system, everything had to be moved because we had to turn in our keys February first to the other place. Wow. It was a nightmare. That that kind of January, February and March. Yeah. I spent like I, I, I remember one one Friday, I wake up at eight AM and one Friday and I go to bed Sunday at ten PM. <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't even realize that I didn't sleep Friday and Saturday. It was just keep God. working and keep working and keep working on stopping just it was just hard. You know, in search and rescue, and we, we adapted this from uh, the Coast Guard, is they, they use what's called a GAR. And GAR is green, 
amber, red. So naturally, when it, everything's green, which in, in business, there's not much. If you're, if you're in green constantly, which means it's a safe zone, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, you need to get uncomfortable. And then amber is, hey, caution, we got to move ahead. And I literally, and then red is, hey, man, there's a lot of risk at this. And so in search and rescue, we, we determine it's a team vote. We look at a situation right now, I don't know if you guys can tell, but we got a huge storm hitting, is, hey, what's the risk factor? And everybody rates it. I loved watching you guys go from a gar of red where you guys were like, holy shit, yeah. we've got this, but it's danger zone red, to, okay, Amber, we got some risk. We don't have a lot of choices. We kind of kind of do this to where you at now you've taken it into the green, you know, and so much so that you're looking at expansion and everything else. We'll kind of keep that on the low uh, just in case one of those haters is watching. But yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, I think that I think that um, I, I've loved watching it. So now you guys, you guys are involved with a lot of small businesses, not just within the auto care industry, uh, but, you know, people that supply you, uh, yeah. people that sell to you. Um, what's missing? What 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 are most small businesses just? If you had one thing to pick out, what would you like to get into these guys' heads? You know, for the stores or for the detail guys? Doesn't matter. Either one. I think, I think for the stores, um, everybody right now is it's so crazy about social media, but they forgot the social skill of the person to person, social being social. I agree. Okay, for us, customer service is is everything. We try to to have a hundred percent customer service. And I remember something that you told me a long time ago that I don't want to be McDonald's, man. I don't care McDonald's, number one. I'm totally fine being Chick-fil-A. That's it. Yeah. So for all, customer service is everything. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have been real, even from a supply standpoint, is when I, you know, I've traveled all over the world and I've done events um, at your location and I've done those same events all over the world, 30 countries. And I want to tell you, your guys' hospitality is special because not only do you have nice stuff laid out and you've got food, that's not important. The way that you treat people, both of you, your staff, your kids, you've made it a family affair. And you guys, man, you know, it's not about the rewards for you. It's about the relationships. And I think that when you make it about the relationships, the rewards come and you guys are living proof of that. So well done. Um, okay. Carlos, I, we haven't really talked about this a whole lot, but, um, you know, for people that weren't, that are starting out very meek um, or they're starting out with absolutely nothing. And, and you know, so many people in service businesses, especially the auto care industry, they're starting out because it's, it's cheap entry, you know, to get started. But what words, what wisdom would you like to lay down, both of you, to people that are starting out? You know, when I was, when I was, I, I see it all the time, and I saw it with people at your, I think that's why I get so passionate when I'm with you guys, is these people don't think they deserve to be successful. And I was guilty of that same feeling, still do, at, to some degree. Um, what would you say to them? What would, what, you know, you guys, like I said, you're building your American dream. I don't know if you'll ever stop building that dream. I won't. You know, my dream's never going to stop building until I like take that last breath. Yeah, I agree. Um, what words would you give those people that are, you know, maybe born with very, and maybe they don't think they need, they deserve uh, to be successful? Well, I think the first thing is you have to change your mentality because we we were raised like a poor people. And when you are raised like a poor people, you think that you don't deserve nothing. Okay, and when you have good things in your life, you're like, like you don't even enjoy it because you think that you don't deserve it. So, I think like everything, everything is possible. I, I know it's hard. I know what it is to have ten dollars in your wallet. Sometimes you don't have money for lunch. You know, you need to keep going because you already make the biggest risk in your life, which is having your own business. So you just need to keep going. Um, always. Try to keep learning from not from YouTube, like from from the drill detail guys. Never stop learning. I think that's that's a something that these new people they always forgot. 
they think that they know everything. Oh, I know how I, I used to work in a car wash and I know everything. So when you try to teach these guys something new, they don't want to. And that's the reason they get stuck and the business don't grow up in my, in my opinion. I, I agree. Uni, you got any input on that one? You know, I do. Um, I think a lot of the detailers that start, like he said, um, we have customers that have came who used to wash cars and they used to work at a car wash. And they think the way that a car wash work is the same thing as the detailers work, which is, it's not. Um, different products, it's, you know, more professional products as opposed to like the five gallon drums that a car wash gets. It's very different product. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that I tell new people that come in is don't be afraid to ask questions. There's no stupid question. If you, if you don't know how, you know, hey, what do I do for a leather interior? There's some people that don't know how they to don't do, know. They how don't know to, about clay bars. Yeah. yeah. People yeah. don't know how to clay. And I've asked him, oh, do you wax? Do you need a polisher? He goes, oh, no, I don't do that. And, then, and it's customers that we've had since we opened the shop that don't clay. And I'm like, dude, it's been 10 years. You don't know how to clay. And I, and I asked him, I said, I said, why don't you know how to clay? I said, why don't you clay? He goes, no, I don't do that. I said, you know, but why? They always answer like, oh, the customer don't want to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, it's the customer don't want to so, pay for it. And I'm like, dude, you need to find another customer. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Things they don't, you know, I, I, it goes back to customer service. We go outside and I'm like, you want me to show you how to clay? Let's go outside. I'll show you how to clay. For any I always tell detail or any service provider that says, ah, there's just, you know, my customer that they don't want to, they don't want, they don't want to, uh, they, they, they don't have the money for that. Okay. Well, what is your customer drive? Oh, they, you know, they got a, a 2,500 Ram pickup truck. Really? So they've got a $74,000 truck, but they're not willing to pay. Think again. Yep. Yeah. And they're not going to buy the product. Right. If yeah. You're dreaming, man, if you're dreaming, everything is possible. Like the best example is like a guy from Colton is talking with a Mexican guy about business. Like, right. You know, for me being with you, man, right now, it's like a dream come true. Like, yeah, I'm too. I remember showing you in, in YouTube channel in 2008, 2005, and I was like, Jesus, I hope one day I can meet that guy. It will yeah. be and here we are, pals, you know, broke bread together and everything else. You know, and it's funny because it, it, I, I'm amazed at meeting people because it, it, uh, you know, it, for me, it, that's what it is. And, and I've always, again, look what I said about you guys and those that are listening is that for me to meet people, like I just got done with a five day training and these four individuals just impacted my life. And here they think that they're that I'm, I'm here to impact theirs. They don't, you guys got it wrong. I'm selfish. I want to change your life, but I want you to change mine. You know what I'm saying? Is that, and when you have that kind of heart, and you've got that sincerity, good shit's gonna come to you, man. I mean, it might take a while. Be patient. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. You know. And look at your hardships. And you know, I just I look at you guys, and it's unreal. So let's talk for a second about burnout. Oh. Carlos, you and I have had a lot of. And, and now let me let me I'm gonna go back because I'm gonna answer this question for you guys. Uni, you're gonna have to go out on your own a little bit on this one. Carlos came to me. Um, a while back and, and he was going through some pretty serious burnout and um, I shared my thoughts. I have gone through it several times, you know, in my career uh, and, and, and we, we revisit it. And what you got to do is kind of get it evened out. But I watched Carlos. I mean, I, I watch you on social media doing boxing, you know, uh, martial arts, uh, mountain biking, you yeah. know, and I, I've seen you take and reach out and find different channels for you to take and escape. How, how burnout is a real thing. And for those, you know, grind, hustle, all these things, it's all sexy and stuff. But the thing that's not talked about in our industry is the damage it does and how it really restrains you from reaching your full potential. So let's go talk about it. Oh, man. Burnout is it's really hard to handle. I think the, biz, the biggest mistake that we do as owners is thinking that nobody can do the things 
like like, like we do it. Oh yeah. So my first move was to uh, hire the right people so I can mm -hmm. start to delegate some kind of work. And each day, like you you like you told me, I try to take a couple of time for me, just for myself. It's doing exercise, uh, go mountain biking, play video games, reading. So I think it's really important that, it, like you say, 24-7, hustle. It's, it's really nice for the Instagram picture. It's really nice for the social media. But in real life, if you really, really do 24-7, non-stopping, if you have family, you're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your family. You yeah. want to lose your life. You want to end like sick. So, and, and if you're single and you don't have family, you're going to lose your soul. Yep. And you're 34 years old, maybe, and you're saying, no, not me. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yeah. It's going to happen. You know, is there's a famous um, pinstriper, and I'm not going to mention his name because it, it, a family and everything else, but he's, he's now passed away. And at the end of his life, is that he was so into what he did in his art that they'd have to find him stuff to pinstripe. They bring it in front of him when he's and he's he would do it nonstop every day because he had conditioned himself. And at the end of his life, he really didn't get to enjoy life because I think the mental breakdown from pushing himself for so long, yeah. for so hard through the '60s and '70s when pinstriping was huge, '50s, uh, you know, uh, I think it I think it fried his brain. And I think there's a lot of people that you're frying your brain. You don't really, I mean, honestly, hand up. Carlos, you and I have had intimate conversations about the damage that it does. And guess what, guys, gals, for the most part, you ain't getting that, that, that damage ain't getting fixed. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to worry about that much of the money. The money is going to come in time. Yeah. You need to enjoy the right. Mm -hmm. That's important. You need to enjoy it. And here's the deal. Don't be afraid. Stop. Don't, don't be ashamed. Chase that damn money, but chase that damn money if you're an entrepreneur. And it cracks me up because I had somebody in social media reach out to me on Facebook uh, just in the last couple of days. And, you know, I get about 50 or 60 pick your brain questions. And I love help, helping people out. I really do. But I kind of came back at a person a couple of days ago and I said, hey, here's what I want you to do. Send me these questions via email. Well, why can't you just answer them right now? I said, well, because, I, you know, I'm busy. And I've got a lot of things going on and I want to help you, but put your top three questions out and, you know, I'll put them out to maybe what I'll do is bring them on a podcast. The next answer was, well, I don't have time to listen to podcasts. I just need answers. And I said, well, if you don't have time to, if you're asking me a question and you need help, and if you can't listen to the answer on one of the podcasts, uh, dude, you need to wake up because life's going to be really, and he basically told me to F off. Yeah. Right then and there. And so, you know, respect other people's time, but most importantly, respect, inspect your own. So with that, so Carlos, I'm going to ask you a hard question. This wasn't on the on the pre-questions. Uni, both of you, hard question. How are you doing and handling the stress now? On a scale of 1 to 10, Carlos, you were pegged to 10 a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to tell you that I remember that conversation with you and the Denny's long yeah. time ago. Yeah. And uh, you told me something really important that you sometimes you have to own it. When you do something bad, just own it. Just say, you know, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, sorry for yelling. Or sorry for this. And for me personally, I, I was trying to separate Juni, the person from work, that Juni, my wife, and, and, and the mom of my children. So when we are at home, we try to, like, you told me, don't try to talk about business after 7 or, or 6 p.m. You know, business done. Let's start doing it tomorrow. And I think we handle it really good. Like right good. now, we're really good. We're really good. I love that. I love hearing it. We, when I do something that I think that's very important is, is to learn to accept, the, you know, accept what you did wrong and tell each other, you know what? I know you've been waiting for, I don't know. You've been waiting for the price list for me to work on the price list for our wholesale accounts. And I haven't done it. I'm sorry. You know, and I do tell him, I'm sorry. And I, I try to figure out an excuse. And then I tell him, I'm not going to give you an excuse. I just haven't done it. Yeah. Like, and that, and that, was, that was things to you, man. And I, you know, <laughs> we, 
it's not, don't give, oh, because I'm busy because I take the girls to volleyball and I'm busy and I have to go home and take care of the house. Um, no, because there's always time that I can sit down and do his list. I just didn't want to do it. I'm not going to lie. But I think owning that you didn't your responsibility. do it, your responsibility, or he, you know, when he drops a ball on something like, oh, you know what? I forgot to do this. Um, but I think owning what you did wrong and telling each other, you know, oh, you know what? Sorry. Or just owning what you did wrong. And I think that's when I see customers that we go see, Rennie, they, um, they're like, how can you guys work together? I can't stand my husband. And right. you guys are with each other 24 seven. And I said, you know, and then when, <laughs> when I'm not with him and I'm at the store, we used to go to the gym together. Too. I'm calling him <laughs> like, Hey, what do you think about this? Uh, so I, you know, if you're, if you can't stand the husband you're with and you guys have a business together, most likely it's not going to work out. Well, and let me tell you, you know, partly that's a great idea. Is is family businesses are awesome. You know, uh, it's also very tough and um, you've got to have parameters set up and it's destroyed. A, a, it's, it's probably destroyed as many relationships as it has built because people, you know, one party or the other party or both parties don't treat it right. You know, as simple as that. So now it's going to something that's more positive. What's your, what's your guys' big, and I'm not talking business dream. What's your big dream? You know, what, what's the vision that you've got, you know, looking out there that you'd really like to do? You know, for me, professionally, one of my dreams, it will be uh, go with you to the Air Force One project. That will be like, like a guy from Mexico with an old El Camino who buy all the equipment from a pawn shop. Yeah. Doing the Air Force One, it will be like a dream. But uh, like a personally dream, me, I just want to be able to see my kids growing up. I don't want to miss not, not any moment. I don't want a Ferrari. I don't want I don't, I, I don't want that. I just want to be able to watch my kids every day, eat with them, and, and, and just watch them be um, grown-ups. That's cool. I like it. You know, <laughs> you know um, him saying that I'm going to go back a little bit to our business. Um, one rule we made, Rennie, since day one, and, and that's something that we get asked a lot, why don't you guys open on Sundays? Till this day, they ask us every day, why are you guys not open on Sundays? Do you think we don't work? So then I reply, do you think I don't have a family? Right. We all need a day off. So since day one that we opened the shop on Maple and Corona, we decided that Sundays, even if it made us richer, we were not going to open because we needed to dedicate um, a day to our family. Something that changed my life was when I turned 30 years old. Okay. I was barely, the show was barely open. And some guy told me, you know, you need to open from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah. And I was following that rule. And so I spent my 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 30, my 30 um, birthday working from 7 to 9 p.m. I came to my house. My, my kids were barely, like, almost sleeping with a small cake. They sing happy birthday to me. And, and, and I, I was feeling so sad, man, like, super sad, like, almost at the point to cry. Because I, I don't want this kind of life. So, so that day I changed my life. I said, you know, I'm not going to be dead trying to, to build this business. I'm going to keep working hard. I'm going to do the best that I can, but I want to enjoy life too. And that was a really sad day for me. And I, I, will, I always talk about it. You know, I, I, have, I have, unfortunately, several stories like that of just being, a, you know, I look back at opportunity of being away. I spent my... I spent my 40th birthday on the road. Um, I spent my 52nd birthday on the road. Uh, I spent my 44th birthday, you know, somewhere. Now my 52nd, I was in, uh, no, 53rd birthday. I was in Paris, France, uh, drinking wine and eating in Paris. I'm not, that one I don't regret uh, because that was pretty, that was a pretty cool trip. But I've got a lot of times where, and it, hey, coming from here, is that bragging rights? Absolutely. Did I just flex? Yeah. I'm a freaking detailer that got hired on to go speak in France. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, shit. Is you guys are a 
you guys are a small couple that started a store with huge competition. And you know what? You should be damn proud of yourselves. You know, um, it's amazing what you've done. I mean, absolutely amazing. In one of the most competitive markets in the world for detailing products, and you guys stood up and made it happen. Uh, you, you, you know what? You should be patting yourself on the back. But and you and you guys do you stay humble when you need it. So you guys interact with a lot of young business detailers. Name a couple things that they need to really concentrate on. Just bullet point it out. What are what are they what are they what are they missing? I think that the first thing is like you say. They don't take uh, detailing serious. They they sometimes they feel ashamed that oh well, um, I'm a detail guy, like. They don't realize that you can make huge bucks in this business. And I, when I always talk to these guys, I always give you an example, you know. Rennie's is he's huge. He's a blue-collar millionaire. And you can be too, but they don't, they don't really... Yeah. They, it's kind of like they don't believe it. They don't believe it. Because they're okay. young, I think. And the second one is that they don't, they don't want to learn. They yeah. just watch videos of the cool guys and... and in YouTube and oh you know I I, I I I saw a video and I if I use this spray I don't have to use compound I don't have to use polish I don't have to use everything is in this spray compound polish ceramic yeah. coating sealing that's and, it and they need to they need to learn from from the old people like from the people that that that, that they already took the road yeah you know there's last night it was funny because you know I was walking across the street from my neighbors and I walked across the street and it was snowing. And as I was coming back, I was, you know, my tracks were laid down. And it made me think about, you know, how many, um, we, in search and rescue mountaineering, uh, we've got a, a saying when it snows is that who's cutting, who's cutting the trail. So when you're going up a trail and there's really deep snow and you're on snowshoes, is that first person has got to be a pretty strong person because they're laying tracks down for the rest of the team. Does that make sense? Yeah. And each each person coming up has got a little easier job because the snow gets compacted before you. And I just pulled my camera out and I said, "Hey, are you are you cutting your own tracks or whose footsteps are you following?" At this stage, so many people, and I find this with with people that grew up like like many of us did, and like I did, without a lot, is that we want to cut our own trail. The trail's cut. The trail's cut. Your own personal trail, you just got to go figure that out. But the snow's compacted down. Stop trying to do it the hard way. And I think you guys see that more and more evident, and it's in your face daily. Even, even with the storefronts, with the storefronts, we have the same the, the same thing. They, they just, it's it's hard. They, it is. they don't want to. They don't want to learn. They they how you want to sell something if you don't know how to use it. It's, it's like a basic thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then um, let's go to this, is that uh, what do you love most about the detailing industry? Detail industry give me everything that I have right now. Everything. Um, my house, my family, every food that I put on my table is thank you, thank to this industry. Um, I was pretty much like, like, like a people call like a black sheep in my family, he was like the rebel guy, the guy that, that always say no, always rebel. And with industry, I find, I find people like you, like Kyle, like Bob, um, like Chris West, people that they're really humble. I, when I met you, when I meet you and, and, and I meet Bob, for me it was like, like how, how these people can be so humble if they're pretty much rich? Yeah, and it was just a, like a game changer for me, I guess, and and, and I, I, th I guess I owe everything to this industry. Well said. Uh, you know, you know, it's because it, I, I can't speak for Bob, but I can. It's because we've earned every single penny, and we've realized that the most important element of earning is the relationships around you, and having good people that you jive with. Uh, around you and then also it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey is that you've got to turn around and help other people within theirs 
and you're ahead of somebody. You know, growing up, I, I really thought that I had it the worst of the worst. I thought I was a gutter kid, you know, and uh, turning back around as I got into my 20s, I, I realized, whoa, no, even, even people I grew up with, I just didn't have my eyes open to it. You know, yeah, they had dads, but their dads were alcoholics or drug abusers or gang, you know, led gangs uh, were in prison. Uh, that there's major addiction around them. Uh, there was, you know, they didn't, you know, we had a house with a roof over our head. It might not have been, you know, ideal. There was roaches and we didn't have a lot. And it was cold during the, it was cold during the wintertime. Sometimes it was hot during the, the summertime, but we had a roof over our head. There's people that were, there's kids that I grew up with that were in foster care. Business is the same way is that two weeks into your journey, you're two weeks ahead of somebody else that's just coming in. And that little bit of knowledge, and I'll never forget this, you know, you're getting ready, Carlos, to come to a to a five-day training here shortly, you know, and get into a group that, you know, we, we uh, the detail mafia love or hate us. There's no theory in our group is unless we're forging into something new and, and then it doesn't take us time because we do it in such large, large numbers, everything's proven that, that we talk about. And, and, you know, we've got people from that are running multi-million dollar operations down to guys that just want to bring a six-figure income in with them by themselves. And so we're able to share a lot of great, solid information. There's a lot of, let me tell you, outside of our group, you know, that, that's the thing is we've got so many great friends inside of our group that are outside of our group, you know, and there's a lot of successful people in this industry. And um, it's, it's. When it comes down to it, it's all about, you know, connections, relationships, and turning around, helping each other out. And you guys have done a fine job of that. And to see you interact with the detailers and the storefronts, you know, you're a, you're a valuable part. You know, PNS, let's talk about that for a second, you know, is that when did you first engage with PNS? Uh, he was a, a guy, a detail guy, a really good detail guy, Mitchell. One day he bring me like a tiny bottle in of big maker I was like, dude, I tried this thing. It's amazing. You should bring it. And I was really, and I, I talked to uni and, oh, let's call this company and let's see if they, they want to sell to us. And they did, <laughs> they did sell to us. And, and it was, it's, a, it, it's an amazing ride with, with PNS, man. It's an amazing company. It's just, well, the Bob, did. Bob, and David, Bob and David, they're, they're, they're like, like good guys yeah they're good guys you know and it, the journey's been great and i love to see that you guys bring on you know you got a lot of product lines in your in your arsenal and you're really about customer service and giving giving your the people that come to your store what they want you're about quality uh you know you i'll tell you people that that are in socal is they've invested so heavily into their education so when people walk in their door they know what the hell they're talking about you know, they know the products, they know the bullshit. And, um, you know, it, it, it's really been rewarding to see you guys grow. Um, probably more so to see you guys grow on a personal level and, and to see your kids and to see the two of you, um, you know, meshing and, and working together uh, and owning stuff. You know, what I just saw between the two of you today was amazing. Carlos, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, we're going to open this up to some questions. Yes. Yeah, Carlos, though, I want to I'm going to take in Uni. I think that you're responsible for a lot of this. Carlos, your self awareness and your uh, communications have changed so dramatically in the short time I've known you, and uh, I I think it's a beautiful thing. I think that you know, um, I know you're something very concerned with a lot of people are that are immigrants is your English. Brother, you speak better English than I do. Uh, you know, it was really hard learning English, man. With I, I, it was hard for me. I went to school for uh, almost one year, mm -hmm. and uh, it's just I, I'm just shy, a shy guy. I'm just uh, when you, when you know me like like in time, yeah, I, I'm cool. But the first time, I'm I'm really shy. Yeah, I'd never guess it. In uni, I think this is a good example. <laughs> She's really shy too. <laughs> uh, it's is that I think uni. Uh, I think you've really pushed your husband forward 
And uh, I think that you've, you've, you've driven him to become a better man. Um, and then Carlos, I think you've rewarded your wife by recognizing how brilliant she is. And I think, I think it takes that you guys, don't you? I think it takes us all pushing each other forward. Yeah, because I remember when he started doing the videos, he's like, you don't. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you sound fine. There's nothing wrong with the way you said it. You Amen. sound perfect. They understand what you're saying. Amen. And he's like, let me do this, the ones in Spanish. And I said, you can do them in English too. I said, yeah. you can do it. And I think it's very important that, that you know, as his wife and as his best friend, we push each other and say, you can do it. Don't feel like, Okay, I'll I'll do the English, you do the Spanish. No, because I think he can do it and he's doing a fine job. You know, when customers come in, he doesn't when they speak English, he doesn't say, Here, you need to go take care of them. You know, I go for right. And he's the one that, you know, pretty much when we're at the shop, he's handling them because I'm doing other things. But um I think it's he underestimates himself, I think. Yeah, it's so um is the detail? We got a lot of great questions, Chris. You're probably seeing it better than I do. Aaron just popped up one. Is 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 the detailing market? Is it is it busier now during the pandemic than it was before? Absolutely. Yeah, it was super busy. Super busy. Um, you know, when we first moved into the shop in January, we got the keys on the 15th, and then we were supposed to have our grand opening in March. In March, right? With you and Bob was supposed to come down. I mean, I had all. I had all the vendors lined up who was coming and then boom, the pandemic hit and I was really scared. I, I thought we're going to lose our house. We're going to lose our business. We just moved into this building. We have, and everybody was shutting down and they were like, yeah, we're like, <laughs> Oh my God, we're going to lose everything. But, but you know, you know something, I'm not scared of losing everything. I am I'm, I'm pretty sure that I can do it again. I, I always talk to you about that, you know, Uni and I were not scared about losing everything, man, because I, as soon as I have Uni at my side and we can start everything again, I, I, that's the way that we see it. And you know what, with that said, let me just say something really quick. We have several of our customers, one which he's a really good friend of ours, Drips, you know, he had his stuff stolen twice, not even once, twice, his gear, his equipment, this last time they sold everything out of his trailer. I mean, I think they even took the trailer. I can't remember, but it doesn't. He started with again from zero. zero. We we help the guy. Yeah, we, of course we, we love, always we, we always try guy. to tell people like that. So whenever somebody gets their stuff stolen, we do we try to help them out and be like, okay, come here. I'm just I, I I always tell you know don't post it on social media. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Carlos and Uber. You know this, this is just on a personal level. Just yeah, that's. That's now yeah, that's the kind of people you guys are. So, you know, with this guy, he had all of his stuff stolen, Rennie, but his customers are still there. So, with his business, even though he had nothing, you know, he had all his stuff, his gear stolen, his customers were like, Can you still come over and do our, do our boats? Because he does boats. Mm -hmm. They didn't care that he didn't have equipment, they just wanted him. So it comes down to if you lose your business, if I lose, if we were right now were to lose the shop, the relationships that we built with the people, the vendors, with you, with Bob, our with our customers, even if we started at zero and lost everything, we would be able to get back on our feet very quickly because of the relationship we built. So Dude. that's very important for me. Huge. So William R, I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer this and you guys give your two cents. Anybody? thinking about getting into the supply game what would you recommend i'm going to say start out small storefront uh, uh program is that you know a lot of detailers and i was one of them i started this off saying that i jumped into the supply side of it and my eyes were wide shut they weren't even open and 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 i think that you need to start out small and build up your demand and start educating people in your market and go after it. I mean, the pros are great. Pro detailers are great, but I'll tell you where the, where the money lies and really where our storefront is aimed at is going after the enthusiast, you know, we, yeah. what, what would you guys add to that? Um, I guess, yeah, you're pretty much right. You can start small and uh, just know your product before selling. 
you know, um, I interrupt you real quick because Ron Masters uh, asked a similar question that you guys could answer along with it. Uh, how long does it take to develop the market for the supply side of the business? And, and how do you do that? So you're, you're talking about starting small. So that's a, one way to develop that and get started. You know, I think if you're, it depends on each individual person is that if you really get engaged in the community, you know, Unity went, Uni went out to a, the, the lunch spot and was handing flyers out to the detailers because they, you know, she found out it was a hot spot for detailers to go for lunch. Is it's, it's gonna, if you're gonna use that level of tenacity, it's gonna be a shorter ramp up. Uh, if you get really involved in our park and shine program that we've got with PNS, if you get involved and you go to coffee and cars, and it, it's going to depend on your engagement level. If you if you open shop up and you start putting some social media posts out there, and that's all you do, it's going to be a real slow growth, uh, real slow. But if you go out there and you get involved in the car community and you start putting the word out there that you're going, um, it's it's. I think you know, and correct me if I'm wrong. You guys throw yours out, but I I really think it's two three years to really get it to where it's really starting to get some wheels on its own. And yeah, it's it's like, that's like two, three years. It the takes, first it year is time. definitely the hardest. It takes time. You need to be patient. And like you say, it, it, maybe you you need to have another kind of like a side job. Yeah. Because if you want to quit your job and open a, a supply, uh, like a store, it's going to be hard for you. It's tough. Yeah, it depends on your market too. You know what 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 else is out there competitive? What's the ceiling? And you need to you need you need to be careful where you open the store because you don't want to be you don't want to be close to one of the like us. You don't want to be close to us and open a tiny shop. It's gonna be more hard. So yeah. you need to you need to be aware of the location, the product that you're gonna sell. You don't want to be the cheapest guy that just sell water with color and fragrance. So you need to have a good quality products too. So it's just, just like a different, like, I guess it's just like. It depends where you're going to open your shop, but I would definitely look to see, um, you know, where you're going to open and who, what stores are already stores there. Are already. You're like, okay, am I going to be able to compete with this, with these guys? Cause they're pretty big or you know what? That little store doesn't do much. Maybe I can put a store a couple miles away and people will come to me. Um, I think it's good. I think it's good advice. Um, Chris, what else? We're going to wrap it up. We're going to try to. Yeah, so, so Jessica Rook asked a good question. Um, uh, I don't think she fully understands the way your guys' business is set up because she asked, uh, you know, regarding the storefront distribution and then detailing, what do you see as being your primary profit center and how do you keep that balance going? But, uh, I know that, uh, I know Carlos. Real quick, I know you're coming to training soon, and you you know you guys don't have a detail shop. You're not technically detailers, you know, no. uh, but you're coming to training soon. So how is that going to integrate into your business, and how are you going to keep that balance? Well, um, I'm going to train because I just want to be a better. I, I just want to give better better customer service to my to my guys. Okay, so the way that I see it is the if I I learn more, I can sell more. But we forgot to say something too. We have two businesses. One is called Uber Detail, and that opened that business opened the doors in 2010. The other business is called SoCal Hostel, and we bought we bought that business in 2014. So we have two different businesses. One is just completely wholesale, wholesale, and the other one is is just retail. I love it. I love it. Another question is, is I love this, is how do you show customers that your product performs better than the competitor's products? Oh, that's super easy, man. You just grab the bottle and say, you know, you know this name? It's, this name is Rooney Doyle. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, for real. You need, you know, I've said it before. So I didn't want my name on the bottle. Uh, I, I fought that. I fought it. Is the best. Turn the bottle around. You see this? This guy do the Air Force one. If if this bottle has Rainy's name, it's because it's good. Yeah. Better than anyone. Well, thank you. But, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give an answer that's not so uh, pointed. Is Aaron? You know, you let your customers. You got to a develop a good product, and then um, third party validation. Is it really that good? And if it is, is get your get the people that are are buying it talking about it. That's the key. 
is is that is if it's a good product, people are going to talk about it. Um, we get constantly where people some then there's haters out there, and there's some people that not everybody's going to like your product. So you got to make sure to try to redirect when people try to take in and kind of uh, slam your product um, or do something, you know, say some things that maybe aren't completely true. Is with 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 professionalism is answer those questions and correct those misstatements. But basically, have other people talking about your product. Get them talking on their own and uh, and get it out there to people. And it's not easy, especially you got to remember when when Double Black launched. Um, <laughs> PNS was a fifty six year old company. And so, you know, I'd love to say Rennie Doyle, you know, Carlos, that Rennie, my name made it. It was Dave behind the scenes that our chemist that made great products. And and we just, you know, our Dave, Dave, uh, Bob and I always talk about, man, why couldn't have we gotten together 20 years ago? The answer is none of us were ready for it. We weren't mature enough. We didn't have enough money to adequately get it started. Uh, we We didn't. We, our, our, our paths hadn't gone down uh, certain ways to where we knew that it was all about people. And so we, we would have, and then another thing is, is that, you know, 2008 was a different time frame. you know? Uh, had we come together, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago, it just wouldn't have happened, you know? It just wouldn't have happened. So, you know, it's uh, also with your product is have a gift of, 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 of show gratitude for every person that buys a bottle is that anytime I see somebody using it, I try to give them a high five or a thank you or, or something because, um, man, I just never, ever dream that, you know, kid from Colton, you guys don't live far from where I grew up. Um, I never dreamed growing up that I'd have my name on anything, you know, um, maybe a factory, a factory time card punching in and out. You know, I mean, that, that's really the only thing I thought I had my name on was going to have a, a, and then as I started getting older and I started hanging around with, you know, 13, 14 years old is that I started seeing that I did have some, I did, there was hope out there in that, uh, it, that my, 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 and I want to send this out to people listening, my current condition, my current situation when I was younger didn't mean I always had to be there. It was okay to get out of your current situation. And it was okay to envision that situation. And not only did I did it in a minor way, I want anybody that's listening to do it in a major way. You're gonna get out of your situation and you're gonna do it quickly. You're not gonna wait years to get out of it. And I can guarantee you this, is that how do you get into the supply chain? Is you get in. You get in small and you pull the trigger and you go for it because if you sit on the sidelines, you ain't going nowhere. There it is. Make a plan, though. Make a plan, like yeah. you say. Oh. Make yeah, plan. Absolutely. You guys. I mean, Carlos, when you guys went to go into your new facility, we talked several times, and I know you guys really looked at it hard, you know. And you guys had plans, and you knew the numbers, you knew the backside of it. That's what more people need to do: is they need to go in and they need to know the facts. And a lot of people know. Um, you know, okay, so this is a great one is that, you know, a lot of people, you know, as immigrants is that some people, especially where you're at, and Ricardo says, hey, buddy, um, you know, some people will push you into being the cheapest. Is Ricardo, you let that sexy accent and you, you put on a performance, all your gear and you look, you look the part, is that, listen, you might be an MR2 on the frame, uh, but the body's a Ferrari. And you sell quality, and you interact with people, and you let them see your personality and how wonderful you are, and you treat people with a smile, you say please and thank you, and you're not cheaper than anybody else. The Going cheap is a race to the bottom. If you're listening to me right now and you're not the most expensive detailer in town, or if you're not matched with the most expensive detailer in town, you're leaving money on the table. Straight up. 
Carlos, Uni, let's wrap it up. We see that a lot. We do. Coming in. Even the stores. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's some kind of stuff going on on TV today or something, I heard. You know, uh, I think everybody wants to go watch. <laughs> so, hey, uh, how do people reach you? How do, how do they reach us? Yeah. Through social media, like, like, you know, through social media, they send us messages on Instagram and we always reply. Okay, I mean, so always tells me, you, how do they find you? Do they what? How do they find you on Instagram and YouTube? What's your, what's, what's your, it's Uber Detail USA. Okay, perfect. And on Facebook, it's just Uber Detail. How about a website? We are working on a website. We're working right on now. the website now. You get that done. Get off there and work on that right now. So, yeah. Hey guys, you know, I think these guys are our example of what we can do and what the possibilities are. Dream big, go big, go hard, start small as they did, but go make it happen, man. You guys, I'm so proud of you. Thank uh, you. Thank you for the not not just the business, you guys. More importantly, thank you for the friendship. I wish we could have we got a lot of questions, but we're gonna respect everybody's time. And uh, hey, you know what? I'm gonna tell you right now, God bless America. Uh, don't let people divide us. Just don't. It's a time to come together, and uh, no matter what these – and remember, is our politicians are not our leaders. They're our representatives. And uh, they don't – if they don't represent us in the right light, we need, to, we need to speak that out. But don't take it out on each other. You know, it's just not worth it. Don't separate us as a country because of uh, some idiots in Washington, D.C. on how they're treating things or even at local government is that we all know the value of each other and we love this country and what it represents. And we, the people are what it represents, uh, not some idiots that are making decisions for us. So go out and love each other and uh, God bless you guys. Thanks for the friendship. Uh, this was fun. And uh, I'm sure we'll see, well, Carlos, we're gonna see you really soon. Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you, man. You got it guys. Hey, take care, okay? We'll see okay. you. All right, thanks, Ernie. Bye.